0: Hi everybody, it's so great for us to join you here this morning. We're so sorry that we can't be with you live on Zoom, but at the moment we're live in our church, Yeah. as we have opened just for two weeks before we go back online for the summer. I am Liz. And
1: I am Steve.
0: And for the past three years we have led uh, St John's Church uh, in Crawley in the town centre, uh, which has been just an amazing privilege, hasn't it? Adventure adventure. (laughs) And it's a strange season we are in. We look so forward to worshipping with one another together in the future. The unity service was great but not quite the same is it being face to face like we are now. No. (laughs) And we, like you guys, we have had so much of a struggle in the past few months. I think actually we were bombed on the same (laughs) Sunday. On Zoom by by the same person, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, but we're online. We can't meet as a body of Christ. Uh, we can't meet as friends or we haven't been able to as family. Uh, with people being unwell and people in need, there's been so much, so many pressures in the, in the context that we are currently finding ourselves in. It's been really tough. But so much is unravelling in society. And yet in the midst of these circumstances, something amazing has been springing up shoots of seeds sown over the last few years in coffees and breakfasts with church leaders from different churches across the town, friendships across churches, dreams of how churches might unify in our love of God to love our neighbor, and then go back to make disciples, not as single individual churches working alone, but as the body of Christ here in Crawley together. That's just a, an amazing picture yeah, that we have.
1: Yeah, it's been wonderful. Those shoots. Yeah. There's a lot of S's in that one.
0: <laughs> but Steve has lots of crazy visions. I'm not a visionary Both Steve. person. Both Steve's. Both Steve's. <laughs> I'm not a visionary person. But he is. they are dreaming of a big top in Memorial Gardens. Together as churches hosting a revival style weeks yeah. there. Holiday <laughs> clubs. Amazing.
1: Theology in a tent.
0: Evening meetings, Eating healing in, in the, streets.
1: the streets. Yeah, yeah. Oh, double press. that one. Yeah, yeah, we've won that
0: one. <laughs> and social mission and action. Yeah. But we're not quite there yet. No. But even in the seemingly dark soil of lockdown at the moment, Love Your Neighbour has sprouted up. Yeah. It's been so incredible to see the generosity of the Holy Trinity Brompton guys here in in town and then us guys locally and us as in... All of our local churches together we've stepped forward empowered by the Holy Spirit and operating in our lives to show the love of Christ to those we, who are around us those that are the last the least and the lost
1: yeah so how, how's Lynn gone so far what's the figures honey?
0: well I love figures this is really exciting when Steve asked me to calculate it all so far we've carried out 230 shopping trips for individuals spending over four thousand pounds We've delivered 2,000 sandwiches to the homeless, 1,000 higgity pies to those in need and as a blessing, and we've cooked 700 hot meals for the YMCA. And now we have 19 phone friends. So it's been an incredible journey over the last few months, and it's just going to continue.
1: So we pray. So Heavenly Father, as we read your written word, may we, through our spoken word, experience the living word, Jesus Christ. So do you want to read our Bible from Matthew 22?
0: Hearing that Jesus silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on those two commandments.
1: This is the word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God.
1: Oh, you're very Anglican, man. not you? very yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> so it's amazing. Um, you're doing a whole summer of love, not in the 1960s way, but a love of Jesus. You will be unpacking so much. And Stephen and Kaz have asked us to speak into this passage and specifically into the love your neighbour. It's extraordinary words of Jesus here in Matthew. It sets after Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. I'm sure you went into that last week. But Jesus has turned his mind now to the cross, to his impending death. And his mind is concentrated and his focus is intense. He knows the difficult cup of suffering is just about to be passed to him. The cup that is the cross. So these words are some of Jesus' last ever words to his disciples and to those in Jerusalem. And they matter. All words of Jesus matter, but because of these words and the context they're in, the eyewitnesses that this account is drawn from, that Matthew is relating to us, would have soaked them up so much more because they're in that intense final week of Holy Week. In my life, I remember the words my late dad said to me before I went off to Southampton University as an 18-year-old. I was waiting in anticipation for the goodbyes father speak about how proud he was of me, how I was the first person ever to go to university, of how this was the start of something great, some great thing that was beginning. But the words he spoke to me and the tone he said them in, are still etched in my mind. He turned to me in a quiet moment while my mum was unpacking my stuff in a different corner of the room. And he spoke and said these immortal lines. Son, behave yourself. You know what I mean. Behave yourself. That was it. But I knew what he meant, and I've done that generally in my life. Well, almost always, but not always. (laughs) But on a serious note, I also remember the words... My dad spoke as he faced death a few years ago in Worthing Hospital, knowing that there was nothing medically else they could do, that the septicemia was taking hold of his body. A man that had always been cynical about my faith and Liz's faith, but had lived a good life, turned to me at the last and told me he was proud of me, but that he desired to have the faith that we had, to know Jesus because he'd seen the way it transformed my heart, and had healed our marriage. Last words matter. And in our passage, these last words of Jesus really, really matter. Jesus in his ministry has been announced at the beginning of his adult ministry that the good news that the kingdom of God is at hand. He announced at the beginning of his adult ministry this upside-down kingdom where the hungry will be fed, the thirsty will be given a drink, the poor will be provided for, the broken-hearted made whole, the sick healed, the prisoner set free. This countercultural reality, where calling is greater than competition, surrender stronger than control, blessing dismisses cursing, passion takes the place of complacency, mercy is offered rather than judgment, and humility rather than the pride and the peace, love and presence of God is offered against the pain and destruction of the world. This upside down kingdom. And Jesus at this point of Matthew is sitting down at the epicentre of social, political, economic, religious centre of Israel, Jerusalem. And wants to clarify and distill the essence, the heartbeat, the beauty of this kingdom. In this moment, he's rifting amongst the elite with their collective brains, their huge brains, and amazing them or silencing them, as we see with the Sadducees. In our passage, he's just silenced those Sadducees about what they think about the resurrection of the body. The Pharisees, the religious elite, then step forward and a lawyer amongst them steps forward and asks, What is the greatest commandment? And Jesus answers with quoting the Old Testament. Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. Quoting Deuteronomy 6. And then the second commandment, he said, the second most important commandment is love your neighbour as yourself. Taking another bit of Old Testament scripture, Leviticus 19.18. Last week you'd have looked at the first part of this passage and Steve has asked us to look at the second part today. But they are connected together, inseparable, into two flows between these two commandments. Matthew uses a phrase that uh, you can use in one translation, depends. These two, the law of the prophets depends, or in our passage, hangs. Literally these two loves hangs like a body on a cross. That act of complete sacrifice, complete giving, the way to do life. These are the essence of Jesus' teaching.
0: So our call as humans is to love God. Because he loves us so much that he gave his only son. And from that relationship, the the word hardwired, it pours forth a love in action. A love that comes from us knowing that we are loved by God unconditionally no matter what. And from that, we are compelled to love our neighbour as ourselves. It's an almost ecosystem of love. Love sprouts from one into the other. When we love God, we find ourselves pouring that love to our neighbour. And when we love our neighbour, we find ourselves loving God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's that ecosystem, isn't it? It's that stuff of intertwining of one feeds the other. At uh, weddings, oh, I wasn't using my mic then, huh? At weddings, I did my first last week back in the church of Anya and Bart. Why were missionaries from the uh, Switzerland and the U.S. and often I? Well, I always speak about love at weddings. funny enough, the different forms of biblical love. And in our passage, Matthew uses the word love agape in the Greek. Or if we were using the words from uh, Deuteronomy, and Leviticus, we'd be using ah- hava. It shouldn't be confused with the tired old English word love, which is in the one breath we can say we love our mum, and in another, I really love Starbucks
0: coffee.
1: (laughs) It's deeper, richer love that Jesus is talking about now. It's defined by Jesus' way of life, his teachings, his death, his resurrection, his ascension. It's a love that is about action, not feelings. It's connectedness between love and life. And it only comes in following Jesus, the way, the truth, the life. That's why the marriage vows we take and we make are actions, not feelings in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish. Love is an action. To love your neighbour isn't a feeling or a reflection that we sit in. It's a call to arms. It's a call to act, to respond, to do something because of that unconditional love of God and Christ and the power of the Spirit in us.
0: You see, Jesus didn't just speak about this kind of love. He encompassed it in his whole life. He washed his disciples' feet. He healed the sick. He fed the poor. He set those trapped in addiction free. And he went to the marginalized, the last, the least, and the lost. It's when our identity is rooted in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, that before time he had chosen us and had plan. That plan involved Jesus dying for each one of us mm. so that we might have life to its full and we have the Holy Spirit in us to encourage us, to guide us and to empower us. It's when we know that this identity is poured out in love for us that we turn again and again to God and then we love others. We turn to other, others and we love them too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so good. That's amazing. So the same words in Luke's Gospel, the lawyer's question is followed up by a more tricky question of who is our neighbour? The lawyer is asking a question, expecting an answer or he's trying to get Jesus to slip up. Jesus doesn't answer the question directly. But as he does with so many other things, he raises the bar. So we can only do this calling to love our neighbour with him at the centre. The lawyer defines faith as those that are in and those that are out. He's almost saying our neighbour, he's wanting to say those who are the righteous that are in the club. But Jesus tells them the story of the Good Samaritan. And you all know that to say at the time, Good Samaritan, you couldn't have fitted the two words together. Good Samaritan and I of a good Jew just didn't exist. You'd say good Jew and bad Samaritan. You see, the Jews in Jerusalem would have hated the Samaritans. For being impure or going slightly off grid, then Jesus tells a story about to a group of religious upstanding Jews, and then he shows the religious upstanding Jews in the story passing by the social need of the fellow human being whilst doing nothing, and this would have been shocking. And the lawyer can't even say the words "good Samaritan" at all in the story, in Luke, but when he's Jesus has finished the parable. He asks the lawyer, who is your neighbour from their story? And the lawyer doesn't say the good Samaritan. The words would have stuck in his throat still, showing his heart hasn't changed. He says, no, the one who showed mercy. So we are called to love God. We are called to love our neighbour as ourselves. And Jesus and his disciples define the neighbour as the one we show love to, Should be our friends, yes. The ones we like, but also to those we find difficult. The ones we find it hard to cross the road to. The ones that we might even call our enemy. The ones that see the world very differently to us. God's creation is diverse. And we need all that diversity to experience the love of God. To show the whole beauty image of his creation. To love those that look and think and see the world like us is easy. I love those who don't see the world like us can feel impossible without this unconditional love that is poured into us by God through his son, Jesus Christ, and through the power of the Holy Spirit.
0: Mm. That reminds me of the Bridge Cafe. And what I love about the Bridge Cafe that we run with the police and the probation service is that those on probation, the volunteers, the police officers, And the other agencies, who you'd never put alongside each other in the worldly way, they would be against each other. They are all together in one room, having breakfast, chatting over a bacon butty. You would never know who was who. That is the image of the kingdom of God with an ecosystem of love. We're back to that ecosystem of love. A new Jerusalem there in the heart of Crawley. A love that is reaching so many people at the moment. Those struggling financially or with their health. And those isolating throughout the lockdown and even continuing to do so now. A love that is also drawing churches together. Churches and other organisations together. It's incredible what we're seeing right now. I love the story of one particular lady Uh, that we've been helping. It's nothing amazing, nothing extraordinary. But she just popped into my mind. But she's really touched my heart. She has no idea. (laughs) Especially as when I looked back at my records, I saw that it was volunteers from Crawley Community Church who had been shopping for her. Brilliant. I don't feel I can really say her name. She first contacted us back in April. She had the virus, the coronavirus, and she was suffering really badly. And she had been for some time. She asked for some shopping, and despite the risk, yeah. volunteers taking unnecessarily precau- unnecessary precautions—necessary yeah. pre- <laughs> precautions, of course—they agreed to shop for her. And we also organised a phone friend from the 9:30 service at St John's to support her. She told us she was unable to pay for her shopping; she was also struggling financially, but she promised to try and make a donation after lockdown. After a few weeks, she no longer asked for a shopping, but over the next few months, every few weeks, I received a card via the parish office with a £5 note donation inside and a message from this lady. The messages are full of gratitude Mm -hmm. and love and asking us for our prayers for her. I received the latest one only a few days ago. Yeah, via me. Yeah, why are you? The
1: post office. Yeah, it system. probably
0: came two months ago. <laughs> yeah, no. This lady has been touched by our love for her because of God's love for us and we have been touched by her.
1: And in the coming days, weeks and years, Crawley will need an army of radical, obedient, audacious disciples of Christ who know God's love for them, that love God with all their hearts, soul and mind, that, is, that are filled with his spirit and who follow his son's perfect example in picking up their crosses in his strength not ours and serve others others in need what can stop us is fear a fear of lack of time as well judgment fear that we can't solve the whole solution it's too big or those people are not like me and that's all true and it's too big yes but we believe in a God who is bigger than big and yes we might be scared of the other but there isn't anyone we will clap our eyes on today that isn't made in God's image and who isn't deeply loved by God. Then there's a time we make ourselves busy with family, friends, hobbies, Netflix series. <laughs> the list can go on. No confession time here. <laughs> People have gone back to work in our church and said, I haven't got time really for love your neighbour right now. And I said, really? And I've examined their weeks with them and seen that they've chosen not to. And then they've gone i can still help and then there's judgment that stops us loving our neighbor that everyone has their messes and sometimes that's mess is made by themselves but often it's made by the sister's systems or the history they find themselves in our call is to love like jesus love them and allow the holy spirit to convict them of where they need to work in their lives so as the people of god we face going forward a year of mercy Uh, of employment programs, of food provision, of a community and a hub in buildings and families. we also have a season for loving our neighbours that live next door to us by showing outrageous acts of mercy and blessing to those who literally are our neighbours. Let's thank God for saving us and allowing us the privilege to love him with all our heart, soul and mind and love our neighbours as ourselves. On this hangs, depends all the law of the prophets. And from there, we may go and then make disciples and baptise. Bless you guys. Thank you for listening to us today. We so love doing this together. You're an amazing church with amazing leaders. And we just thank you that we are joint pilgrims together doing this journey. Your summer of love. May it be a season of love. May be a lifetime of love. May it be eternal love amen amen have a great sunday we hope to see you at the unity service together on zoom but my goodness we're looking forward to worshiping at west green and being with you as brothers and sisters in christ united in that love